everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This happened to me and my friends during June of 2023. I used to live in this apartment complex that had a gym. Three of my friends who will call Nathaniel, Sam, and Joe really like to go to the gym with me on weeknights. Around 9pm, they showed up and we made our way to the gym. Once we were there, we found the door had been locked. Needless to say, we weren't happy at all, so we went to chill in Joe's car. We were listening to music and we were super bored. That's when I got the bright idea to go to a park that was near us. We'd been there before multiple times at night and hadn't had anything even remotely bad happen. Plus, Nathaniel knew a kid who was always back there fucking around at night, so we figured we'd be fine. Boy, were we wrong, though. Once we got there, we had entered the park inconspicuously and began walking around. Nathaniel knew the trails better than any of us, and suggested that we go through the woods to the other end of the park. We agreed and started off. Now keep in mind, I'm generally a very cautious person. I have a good sense of hearing night vision and tend to overthink things a lot. Everyone else was being kind of loud, especially Sam who has autism. You can probably see where this is going. As we walk through the pitch black woods, I tried to tell everyone to keep a little quiet, as we didn't know who could be back here. Needless to say, no one really quieted down, so I kind of just gave up. We made our way through the woods and then onto a trail. From there, we went further into the woods until we came to the road that we were looking for. We chilled there for about five minutes, then decided to go back. As we were heading back, Nathaniel said that he saw something. He proceeded to describe what looked to be a Bigfoot. I later found out that he was just trying to scare Sam, but at the time, I didn't know. Me being a believer in Bigfoot took this somewhat seriously, and I said it's probably best to leave, as we don't want to impede on its territory. Being a little spooked, I suggested we walk behind the trail which had trees and a hill, that put us a few feet just below the trail and about five feet away from it. We kept walking on when, all of a sudden, we saw what we thought to be a car light. We stopped dead in our tracks, thinking it was a cop and not wanting to get trespassed. Then, the light shined in our direction. I let out a quiet gasp and we went from squatting down to now laying on the ground. The light continued to shine in our direction and then scanned the tree line. Nathaniel, to me and Joe's protest, climbed up a little to see what it was. He stopped at the top of the hill and lifted his head to where he could see the trail in the field right next to it. Whoever it was didn't seem to see him until all of a sudden, 
Samnon said loudly. Hey, we good? I think I could have punched him right then and there, but I was way more concerned about everyone's safety. Though I then turned back towards Nathaniel, to which he stood up and then yelled for us to go. We all took off and then ran down the hill that was next to us. We got down it and continued to run further into the woods. As I said before, Nathaniel knew these woods better than anyone and quickly got us out of the park. Nothing really happened after that, although Nathaniel did say that he saw someone that looked weird while walking back. A few days later, I had met Nathaniel back at the park just to go over what had happened. We went back to the hill, and trust me when I say that God had to have a hand in this. The hill was littered with rocks, and it was honestly a miracle that none of us tripped going down this. While investigating, I almost tripped multiple times trying to climb up it. I had talked with Nathaniel further, and he said that one of his friends that regularly visits there had never had this sort of thing happen to him before. He also mentioned that when we first ran, he could hear the guy giving chase, but we assume he gave up once he reached the tree line, as we would have seen the spotlight shine on us. And to make things even weirder, Nathaniel said that no cops or security would go through there at night, which would make sense because we had been there before. I guess the moral of the story is don't bring an autistic kid to a park at 2 in the morning, and also watch your back and always pay attention to your surroundings. There's a big possibility that we may go back, but next time we'll all be more equipped to deal with any threats. My name is Jamie, and this actually happened only a few hours ago. All of the names in this story will be altered due to privacy reasons. Before I start, I should give some info on everyone involved in this. I'm about 4 foot 11 in height, and so I'm quite small for my age. My older cousin who's a year older than me is around 5 foot 6 or 5 foot 7 in height, but he also looks like he would be shorter. Let's call him Adam. My little brother, who's a year younger than me, is only a tiny bit shorter than me, and we can refer to him as Noah. My younger cousin, who's the same age as my brother, is about 5'2 in height. He's the only one of us who has properly hit puberty, if you don't count me. His name can be Evan. Also, my cousins are brothers, if anybody cares. Anyways... Our cousins are leaving soon, as they live about a three-hour drive away, and we don't really get to see each other very often due to this. They only really come to the summer cottage in the summer, obviously, or maybe sometimes during break times, which they have a week earlier than us. So we hang out together at any given chance, really. Today we were getting the summer cottage ready for winter, Raking, cleaning up props, putting away things, and in general, just cleaning. Adam had the bright idea of returning bottles and getting some energy drinks or something in the process. So me, Noah, Adam, and Evan decided to go. If you don't for some reason know how bottles are returned, I really hope you do. You go to a store with bottle returning stations, and then you feed the bottle or can in. Once you're done, you can get money from the bottles. It's a Scandinavian thing, I believe, 
Anyways, after a few complications on the way that made us take two hours longer than needed, we made it. I might as well point out we're all miners, so no cars. But we went on foot, since we didn't have any bikes either. After buying our drinks and a bag of salted peanuts I wanted, we went away to a nearby parking lot. Usually we'll walk through the parking lot to the store, but the bridge leading us to the parking lot is only up in the summer, so we couldn't use it. We had decided to call my cousin's mom to pick us up since we didn't want to walk the really long way back. As we're all just chilling and waiting to be picked up, a gray car stopped in that practically empty parking lot. A lady got out and Evan said she was smoking. He said that she had looked at all four of us, then called someone. This, of course, could just be a random lady calling a friend and just looking towards us for no particular reason, but it's really strange that a few minutes later, an old trunk pulled up to the same parking lot. It was a shade of green and had an open platform on the back. The moment Evan saw it, he said it looked creepy, and it definitely did look creepy. It was just when the truck parked that the gray car drove off, which again could just be a coincidence. The truck sat completely still for like 15 minutes as we waited for our ride. Adam suggested that he could have been a drug dealer waiting for someone as some sort of joke, but who knows. Anywho, when Adam and Evan's mom came to pick us up, Evan and I were the closest to her car. Once we were about 10 feet away from her car and it was very clear that we were getting into it, the truck's lights flashed on. I swear if it leaves now, I said to Evan. Noah hopped into the front and just as Adam shut his door, the truck started reversing. We then got out of that parking lot and drove away. The truck just waited instead of driving off too. There weren't any other cars, mind you, that it would have to wait for. My mother and Nana both said it could have been a coincidence or were blaming a random person who did nothing wrong, but I've heard enough stories to at the very least be suspicious about the unknown driver's intentions. The windows were tinted too. I don't think it's too scary, but honestly, who knows? All I know is I'm pretty sure it wasn't a coincidence they left after seeing we were being picked up. Stay safe, people. Never trust blindly, but don't jump to conclusions either. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. To start this out, I'm a 20-year-old female now, 
but the story itself takes place when I was 16 years old. Now, I've had my fair share of the strange and creepy and unusual things happen to me, but this is the one that really made my other stories seem like a walk in the park. A few months prior to what had happened, I had a dream. I don't remember much from the dream, but what I do remember is leaning on the railing of a wooden porch and looking into the distance, then seeing five other people talking to cops while I stared helplessly at the flashing blue and red lights. I woke up from that dream and I felt a little uneasy, but I didn't really think too much about it. Fast forward to the summertime where my sister and my brother and I headed with our grandparents to go camping, like we often did every summer. This campground was about an hour away from my house and very deep into the forest. Christmas Pine Campground was very beautiful, and it was a quiet place, but it's not very well known. Anyway, one day while at the campground, my sister who we'll call S and I along with a few of our friends had been on the porch that led to the campground store. We were often lazy and would lay on the porch and just talk all day long. On this day, our friends who happened to be brothers who we'll call T and K asked all of us if we wanted to walk down the mountain and also go to the little ice cream shop that was at the base of the mountain. We all agreed, but we had to go inform the adults of what we wanted to do. S and I, even though we didn't have any money, decided to go as well, so we had to go ask our gran. Gran said that we could go, but had to be back before nightfall, which was fine by us. After we left our camper, we met back up with everyone that wanted to go, and in total, there were seven of us. Four girls and three guys. Not that it matters, though. After we had all gotten ready to leave, we all crawled under the gate and made our way down the mountain. Everyone was a bit spread out, but we still kind of stuck together. I was walking with K, my sister S was walking with T, and then E and L walked together for a little while. We stayed in our little groups talking and chatting about anything and everything. The people at the head of the group E and L waited at our first sharp left turn so that we could all be together. This was so that we could warn each other about the speeding cars around the corner. We walked into the middle of the road and kept walking down the hill. The boys had been talking about sports and WWE, and I don't really remember what the girls talked about, but I was lagging behind a little due to the fact that I have a knee that often gave out on me, and I also liked keeping my focus on the surrounding area, making sure that my ears were open to the strange noises that we may or may not hear. We reached one of the neighbor's homes and stopped in the middle of the road just for a moment to look out into the field. I remember that the sky over the field was a pretty pink and red color due to the sun getting ready to set. I worried for a moment about what my gran had said about being home before nightfall, but deep down, I knew we would not make it back before dark. So I pushed the unsettling feeling about being in the middle of the forest at night to the back of my head and I hurried to catch up to my fellow people. The rest of the way down the mountain was uneventful. We reached the road leading up to the ice cream shop and had to walk in a single file line so that nobody would get hit by any of the passing cars. After walking roughly 10 more minutes, we reached the shop and L reached out to open the door. Ding was the sound the little bell made when someone opened the door. 
We all filled into the shop and looked around the store. We each went to different parts of the store looking at the ice cream. Although I didn't have any money to get any ice cream, I still looked around at all of the different flavors. Only three of the many different flavors held my attention. Moose Tracks, Cookie Monster, and my personal favorite, Chocolate Chip Mint. I walked over to Kay and I asked him what flavor he was thinking about getting. He looked around, opening the sliding glass of the freezer, and before I could move, a cold of gust wind from the freezer ran down my spine and it made me shudder. Kay tapped on the glass and mumbled something about getting vanilla. I just nodded and walked away, but not before saying how plain I thought the vanilla flavor was. I stepped outside and waited for the others to pay, and then following, which they did a short while later. By this time, there was only about five minutes of daylight left, and honestly, I just wanted to get back to the camper. I wanted to make and eat popcorn and play cards with S, as I often did before bed. We all started walking a single file line back down the road, leading back up to the Christmas pines. Halfway up the mountain, however, my grandpa was driving up the road in his van and had stopped to ask S if we needed a ride and if Gran knew where we were. My sister and I declined his offer of a ride back to the camp, but now I really wish I'd just gotten into that car. We all walked for about 10 minutes before Kay stopped everyone, then saying she had to pee. We all burst into laughter, and after a minute, we kind of all just told her that we were still a little ways from the camp. She looked into the surrounding woods and had then begged Elle to go with her so that she could pee behind a bush. Elle didn't argue with Kay, but just followed behind her. The rest of us had waited for the girls to get back so that we could walk up the rest of the mountain. At this point, we had all been slowing down a bit due to us all being tired. Kay walked ahead of everyone else for about 10 minutes until his brother then told him to slow down and wait for everyone. Once we were all together again, we had stopped at the field and we just took a break for a second. That's when E told everyone to shut up and get to the other side of the road, which we were all unsure about but did so anyways. T grabbed E by the arm and then asked him what we had all been thinking. But before he could reply, we all heard screaming and yelling deep in the woods. The strange man came out of nowhere, then firing a full round of bullets at us kids, then screaming, Get the fuck off my property and stay the fuck away! As you can imagine, we had all been terrified by this because we had been on the road and not to anyone's property. He told us all to run, and we did just that without even asking any questions. E being the eldest of us all, then screamed. What the hell, dude? The crazy guy shot again, and he said once more. What the hell, dude? These are kids you're shooting at. Everyone ran like their life depended on it, and well, it really did. We were all on the road leading back to the camp, but there were gaps in between everyone. I had mentioned earlier that my knee prevents me from running, and if I do, it pops out of place. Well, it ended up doing just that. I fell to the ground on the urge of passing out. I couldn't run anymore, and I didn't want to. He screamed from about 50 feet in front of me to get the hell up and to keep running. I was on the ground just trying to catch my breath 
before then running again. I was zoning in and out because, honestly, I just wanted to be anywhere but there at that very moment. My peace of mind was short-lived when I then heard crying in the distance. But in reality, it was my own sobs that I was hearing, and that's what made me snap out of it yet again and begin running. With the help of Kay, he helped me get up by grabbing my hand, and we then both ran to go catch up with the others. Time seemed like a standstill, but before I knew it, I was now running ahead of everyone else, and to be completely honest, I don't even know how that happened. We eventually reached the camp, and we run around the lake, then going past the gate together, and then go straight to the store office. He runs inside and tells everyone what happened, while the rest of us sat on the porch trying to wrap our heads around what the hell just happened. I make my way to the railing of the porch and lean over it to look into the distance. Lo and behold, red and blue flashing lights then emerge from the distance, and EKS&T met the cops on the gravel to give their statements. There I was standing next to L, and in my mind, I just thought about it. I could have swore I had the exact same situation happen to me in a dream before. Everything was the same, even down to the clothes everyone was wearing. I eventually gave my statement to the cops, and I ended up going to my camper and sleeping. Nothing else really happened for the rest of that summer. I know you guys may not believe me, because it is pretty crazy having a dream that quite literally saved my life, but it did happen. I often wonder what would have happened if I never had that dream to begin with. This is an event that happened to me when I was around 12 years old. I'm 17 now, so this still has me shaking even to this day. I live in a small town away from Appleton, Wisconsin. The town isn't that isolated but has small parks that are next to medium batches of woods. Back then I had a routine that I followed where I would go out to a park about a half a mile from my house close to Sunfall. I had a group of friends that I usually would meet up with to draw with or listen to music. One of my friends would usually leave until it was me and a friend who I'll call Alex. Not his real name because I don't want to write about him without his permission. So we would usually talk until he needed to head home. But one night we were in a deep conversation and we lost track of time. Alex had to leave to get back home, but I wanted to stay for a while. So I said my goodbyes and pulled out a book I was working on reading. I think it was The Lost World Jurassic Park. It was getting dark, and I was on edge because I had just gotten to a scary part of the book. After a bit of reading, though, it felt off. I tried shrugging it off as just me being paranoid, until I then heard rustling from behind me. I didn't want to focus on it too much, though, as it could have just been a deer. It wasn't uncommon for deer to get close to the park, but looking back on it, it makes me shiver. After some time passed, I put away my book, and I started heading home. My way home is usually by taking a path from the park's woods to a street, and then I walk a few streets down to my house. So I was on the woods trail to get out into the street, when I then heard branches rustling behind me. I turned around to look, but I didn't see anything. I got a bit creeped out, 
and I had started power walking out of the trail and then into the street. I got past a few houses down the road when I had an urge to turn around. I had gotten scared for some weird reason and I tried to ignore it. At a point, it got to be too much and I looked behind me. When I turned around, I was horrified when I saw a man in all black wearing a sweatshirt and he then turned off the path towards me. I got creeped out but I just kept walking, also turning around every now and then. At some point I heard running and when I turned around again, I saw him holding what looked like a pipe or maybe some kind of weird looking hammer and he was now charging at me. From that point on, I knew that this person was not good news. I then sprinted as fast as I could. Now, I'm a quick runner because my parents forced me to run three miles every day. I tried to get a bit of distance between us. I decided to take a detour by climbing a fence and go through a soccer field. I looked behind me to see if he was actually still following, and to my horror, he jumped the fence. I ran to the field and then climbed the fence to exit. After that, I just kept going. I never saw him after I jumped the fence to exit. I think that he gave up after running across the field. I eventually got home and my parents were asleep. I spent that whole night awake. I told my parents all about it in the morning and they called the police. As it turns out, there was a house with a camera looking into the soccer field that actually saw us running. They showed us the footage, and the guy gave up a little bit before the halfway mark of the field. They still haven't caught him to this day. I told my friends, and we never stayed out till dark again. I don't know what this guy wanted, but I'll tell you this. I really think it was no good. I'm just glad to be here to tell it. But part of me wonders if the rustling I heard when I was reading the book originally, if it was the same person watching me, or if it was just a deer or something. If it really was the man, part of me wonders what could have happened if I had stayed just a second longer. My name is Kian, and I'm 18. At the time of this story, it was my 17th birthday, and myself and a few of my friends, Ollie, Charlie, and Sam, decided to go camping. We had a fair few drinks and everything we would have needed, including camping chairs, torches, food and drinks, and battery packs to charge our phones. Now, this was in a wooded area out of the way of any homes and traffic. We set everything up, and we decided to start drinking. A few hours had passed, and Ollie stopped the speaker, and then nervously asked, Hey, did you guys hear that? We all just shook our heads confused and suggested that it might have been an animal in the trees. Ollie was on edge, but we all soon forgot about it. I was fairly fresh and needed to go do my business, and I then told the lats and wandered fairly far out into the trees. I'd like to point out that I was some sort of a gym freak back then, and I had been working out for about three to four years at this point. I'm five foot nine, but a stocky lad. While I was just finishing up, I had heard a twig snap right behind me. I jumped up and then quickly turned around to see absolutely nothing but darkness. My heart was pounding out of my chest, but I gathered up enough courage to take out my phone 
and then shine a torch right in front of me. To my horror, I saw a man crouch down behind the bushes with a weird baby mask on. I started breathing really heavily and slowly started backing up. He slowly stood up and then turned his head, staring straight at me. I don't know what it was, but I could just sense that he had a creepy grin on his face right behind that mask. I was so terrified I couldn't even shout for my friends. Suddenly out of nowhere, the man started running at me full speed. I threw a punch and the man then fell right into me, making us both crash to the ground. He started hitting me back in return, but like I mentioned before, I wasn't small and I seemed to easily overpower him. I then jumped up and ran all the way back to my friends. Once I returned, they could all see the terror in my face, and they asked what was up. Yo, we need to get out of here now. Like, quick, just leave everything here and run. We all ran as fast as we could to Sam's car, and we quickly got the hell out of there. Once I told them what happened, all of their faces went white. A year has gone by since, and we laugh at this situation, but I do still get chills thinking about it even to this day. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.